0: Hello everyone, welcome to a special episode of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. This episode was recorded in Dallas, Texas at the MAP Show. It is entitled, Demystifying the PPAI Board. What is the PPAI Board? What does it do? Why does it matter? In this episode, Brad White, VP of Sales Development at Boundless Network, sits down with
1: Paul Bellantone, President and CEO of PPAI, and Mark Jenkins, Sales Director at Pioneer Balloon Company and Chairman-elect for 2013, to answer these very questions.
0: Hi, I'm Brad White and I am here at the MAP show in Dallas, Texas, having a conversation with Paul Ballantone, CEO of PPAI, and Mark Jenkins, who will be the uh, chairman-elect next year for uh, the board, the PPII board. Thank you guys for joining me. It's a pleasure. I wanted to uh, ask you a few questions. I, I recently read some posts and saw some things online that made me aware that we've got board elections coming up inside the industry. And I, I, personally have I've been in the industry for 15 years, and I realize I don't know that much about board service, what it entails, and uh, who's in it, and how it all works. So I thought it'd be good for the listeners of the PK broadcast to, um, you know, get that some insight from you guys. Who you know, this is what you're do, this sure. is what you're up to. So um, just like to ask you some some questions. Uh, Paul, I'd start with you. What, what does it mean to be a, a, a board member for PPI? What does PPI want the board members to do?
2: And why is it important to the industry? I, I think that's a great kickoff question because um, there are 70 staff at PPI headquarters in Irving. Very few of us have ever sold a promotional product or manufactured a promotional product or are involved in the channel of distribution. We're association managers. So having a representative board of the 10,600 members is how we get to figure out the direction of the organization. They create the strategic plan, and they set the direction that staff ultimately executes. How do they interact with the staff? Well, um, in different ways. We happen to have a very transparent board and a very transparent staff where any board member can call up any staff member. From a, a reporting responsibility, I am the only staff member who reports to the board. The rest of the staff reports to me but that would be inefficient and ineffective if every single decision had to be, or every single question had to be funneled through my office. So board members I think are pretty comfortable dealing directly with staff at different levels. Oh, absolutely.
1: I I find myself as a board member um, dealing with the directors and and a lot of different staff people, depending on the issue or depending on the, the event or the occasion. Um, it's an open door policy. It really is.
0: Mark, kind of to personalize this a little bit, you've served on the board, uh, this year.
1: Uh, this is my second year. Yes.
0: So it's two years of board service. So
1: so far, it's actually four years of board service.
0: Wow. That's, that's a lot of time. You know, I'm curious how, how does all this volunteering and this board service fit in with your regular job? How do you juggle these things?
1: Um, it, it is extra responsibilities, extra work. Um, it, it just depends. I mean, it, it depends on the, the size of your company, um, whether it be a supplier, distributor, what kind of support you have to either um, have some of your other regular job duties performed by someone else, or if you just take on added responsibilities. It really depends on the size of the organization that the board member works on. I happen to be with a company that is very supportive and I have a lot of staff support that can help me with the time issues.
0: Okay. Um- since you are giving your time, I'm guessing that you want to be able to accomplish something in this role. Are there things specifically uh, that you've accomplished um, a- as a board member that would be either impactful or important somehow to the members?
1: Sure. Um, a few things um, specifically in the last couple years, um, some fairly major initiatives with shows. Um, we've got um, the, um, the announcement of Promotions East this year. We have the announcement of um, the Sage show next year in February. We have the announcement of a, um, a new board structure, which was um, a more refined board structure, fewer members as the years go on here in the next few years, um, making the board a little bit more nimble and a little bit more um, able to react um, to our members and, and what's going on at the moment. So, and just
0: so I can understand this a little bit better. So when, when an issue arises and it's about partnership with a show, that directive comes from, Paul, your office, and then how, does it, how do you engage with the board?
2: Well, a lot of it is, um, is laid out in our strategic plan. We, we create a strategic plan for the organization that's bigger than staff and it's bigger than any individual board member, and that's a smart thing. You don't want Mark or any chairman to come into a position and take the direction of the organization into a place where the, the board members before him or the other sitting board members want it to go but it's really issue dependent on the trade show side. The board counts on PPAI staff to, to work within their professional organizations that they belong to, tr- other trade show organizations to look at trends, look at opportunities, to be surveying the marketplace. So from the trade show ones, that was staff driven. The, the initiative to, um, to reduce the size of the board, which was one of the initiatives that Mark spoke about, was actually a board driven initiative mm-hmm. where it generated on the board and then it becomes staff's responsibility to go out and learn more about this, and say, okay, how are other associations managing themselves? So I, sometimes it comes up through volunteer leadership, sometimes it comes up through a, um, you know, a phone call from a member, yeah. and we think it's a good idea, and you you put it into action.
1: And we have several, you know, structured board meetings every year, and then we also have monthly conference calls too. So we have a vehicle in place to communicate, pretty formally, but also on a very, very regular basis too now
0: you are the sales director for supplier company pioneer balloon right and is there equal representation on the board of suppliers and distributors
2: there is um by design uh, currently there's uh, 17 board members eight suppliers eight distributors there's it, it gets skewed because we we have a, a selection from the regional associations to and away. that could either be a supplier or a distributor, or a multi-line rep. Um, so that that throws the balance a little bit. But I, I have to say, the board um, does a really good job of not voting party line. I mean, it's, that it's, was my it's, next question. It's a question. political job. Do you do you
0: fight? Do the suppliers and distributors fight at any point?
1: I don't. Th- I wouldn't say fight. There's, <laughs> there's always discussion, and you can you can you can oftentimes identify members by the discussion, but not necessarily the vote.
2: That, that, it's a great question because it would make for more entertaining board members, board, <laughs> board meetings. No, the members are entertaining. Yeah, the yeah. meetings would be more entertaining. <laughs> right. Got it. Um, uh, I find that most of the splits that we have on the board are between large companies and small companies, mm. not between suppliers and distributors. Because right. th- I think that, you know, small suppliers and small distributors probably have more in common than the large uh, suppliers and distributors. So I think that's right. Yeah. Well, and that
0: leads to a question I have about, about voting. First of all, wh- when is the vote?
2: Well, the vote this year, I believe, starts the first Monday of September and ends the first Friday of October. Right. I think it is. It's, it's p- online? Well, it's both. Um, it's online, and in some states you cannot have online balloting. So in Texas, for instance, where we are, you actually have to have a paper ballot. Really? And if anybody asks That's for... Efficient. It's very efficient, and um, <laughs> I'm proud to be from Texas. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it actually, it, it, I don't know that it's the only state, actually. There may be one other state that has paper ballots as well. But oddly enough, it does not change the response rate. The response rate from the electronic and the response rate from the paper tend to run the same percentage of members from those states. So. Who gets a vote? Well, every member company gets to vote. Uh, suppliers and distributors, and now with the new um, changes, it'll be multi-line reps, and um, all all membership categories will get to vote. Each company gets a vote. A Each vote.
0: company gets one vote.
2: And, and I think that that goes back to something you said earlier, Brad, is that you might not have been getting the correspondence about board service or about board elections until you I didn't become aware of it, because it, you weren't the uh, quote unquote sure. primary contact for that for sure. that company. So I would imagine down in, um, at Balance right now, it's probably Jason sure. we're communicating with, and he would get the vote.
0: Now, the, pers- the, you know, the person responsible for m- casting that vote, what should they consider in this process? Who, you know, if I'm someone, d- depending on, maybe I'm a large company, maybe I'm a smaller company, do I vote strictly along those characteristics? What are the things that I want to weight my decision on?
1: I, th- I think, um, um, we do a real good job of of putting um, outlines out and not position papers, but certainly you you get to see the person. And I think just like Paul says on board service itself, um, where you certainly have the freedom to choose a company or a a candidate that's similar to your company, um, I think what you really find is it's it's based on the person, their experience, your exposure to them a lot of the the candidates are people that you're very well aware of um and so you, you could certainly take a look at those first and figure out if that's where you want to go and then if 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 that's not where it's at for you i'm um, certainly there would be people that would vote um i'm not so sure you would always vote for your competitor i, I mean i don't know I, everyone has the um the freedom to vote however they want but I, I think in general if you didn't know the folks i i would guess you would kind of go towards the guy or the gal that's most like you or your company. Yeah.
0: Now, when you, I guess you call it run for the position, you're running for the board? You are. Right? Yeah. So is there a level of campaigning that, that goes into that then? And,
1: and, There's some. It's pretty modest. I mean, it's
0: a volunteer position. It's a little weird, isn't it, to quote-unquote campaign for it?
2: It's pretty interesting. I, I have candidates, even the candidates who are coming up for this next election, and they say, you know, I, I really don't like campaigning. It's outside my element. And I said, well, then you're going to lose, you know, because uh, somebody is going to campaign. The person against you is going to campaign, and you should campaign. Uh, it would be nice to think that everybody's immediately recognized because of all of the good things that they did, you know, in their career leading up to getting nominated. But if you don't campaign, I've, I've watched some of the, um, the biggest names in our industry not get elected. For, for a number of reasons, but one of them being that they didn't campaign, and, and it just shows that you might not be as desirous of the position or as interested in it as, as the candidate that is.
1: It's asking for the order. I mean, it's the same thing we do in our business. I mean, it's, exactly. the, are you going to vote for the the guy that said I, I'd, I'd appreciate your vote or the person you haven't heard from? And, that's, that's, and some of the campaigning is just a matter of calling, you know, 50 people and saying, I'd appreciate your vote. I mean, it can be whatever level of campaigning you want, but that's yeah. that's pretty typical.
2: How do you select the candidates? So the selection process is through a, um, a leadership advisory committee. It's actually one of the standing committees of the association, and they go out and they look through our volunteer pool. They look through people who are leaders in their business community. They look through the nominations of people who get nominated by um, either a peer or self-nominated so there are a number of different ways your, your name can get put into that pool. And then the group goes through and, and tries to select a group of candidates that then goes to a nominating committee. And that's where the nominating committee like goes from, a I think it's a group of 12 suppliers and 12 distributors. I think they have to submit nine to 12 suppliers, nine to 12 distributors, and then it gets called down to, in, in this year, our first year, it'll be two. One, two suppliers, two distributors. In the past, it was four suppliers and four distributors. You asked the question before about you know board candidacy. I have I have two things that I look for, and I, I don't get a vote, so I'm I'm handed with the board. I, I work with any board that, that comes Does up. Does that bum you out in any way? Um, it it <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no because luckily what are the odds? They've never made a bad decision. But um, <laughs> I th- I think um, I, for me the, the number one criteria is leadership. You know, you're managing a $17 million trade association, you know, representing, you know, nearly 11,000 members. The second one is that I think that every board member should be qualified to be chair, which means ultimately you're going to be my boss. So I want to see candidates that are selected that can help me run a, a $17 million organization with 11,000 members. And that doesn't mean billion? supplier or distributors. Million or billion? Well, 17 million on the association, 17 billion on the industry. Indian. So, and, and that doesn't mean they can't be a small distributor because we've had great small distributor chair people. It doesn't mean they have to be a large company. It Just means you need to be a leader. And, that's, and that's, that shows up in a lot of different ways. Mark,
0: w- you're now going from the board a board member to the board chair. Right. What did you do right? <laughs> well,
1: um, yeah, what's that, the safe uh, word? What is the safe <laughs> word? Um, I
0: mean, how does that? How do you become? How do you go? How do you go from being board member to board chair, and why?
1: Well, um, the, the board chair is um, THERE'S a process on that too, obviously. And it, there's a, there's a, an executive committee within the board that facilitates that process. So the board members um, indicate whether they're interested in that chairmanship position, and then it, it kind of goes from there. And it, There's an interview process, there's all sorts of things. But I think, um, I'd like to think, what, it, what it's really about is how I conduct myself at the meetings and, and the, what I contributed in the last two years to show those leadership skills and, and those listening skills too. Um, there's a lot of debate, there's, um, it, it's, it's really about um, leadership and it's about um, demonstrating that um, inside the board and outside of the board, I guess. And, um, and, and certainly resumes looked at too, but I think it's about how you can work with the board, with the, the existing board and the board that will be by the time you're chair and, um, and, and how comfortable that executive committee feels with, your, with your, the skills you're demonstrating.
2: Brad, for the first time, um, a president and a staff member sat in that process this year. I got to watch all of the interviews that they, and actually you had all four of your mm-hmm. classmates went for it, and it was pretty rigorous. I mean, it's, it's really? one of those things where you hear a, since um, I remember one of your questions was, you know, some, some kid gets hurt on a, on a product, you know, and, and you know, we get, we're getting this phone call, you know, at two in the morning, what do you do? You know what, what's your what's your plan of action? What do you do? Yeah. What, what would your steps be? And you know who would you collaborate with? And and what, what words would you say? And, and are, you, are you can you can you speak to the media about something like this? If God forbid, something like that happens, it's everything from that all the way to you know how would you engage your fellow board members in ways that they might not be engaged right now? You know what, what would your leadership style look like? But I, I was really really impressed with the process, and and I have to say and and I. I was kidding around a little bit about the quality of the board members. Um, any four of the folks that, that went for it this year could have been a great chair for very different reasons, mm-hmm. but all of them had the qualifications, they all had the chops.
0: You brought up a product safety issue, and that's, that's a specific issue. And I, I would think that in the last one, maybe two years, um, the federal and state funding for promotional products and all those initiatives that were started, whether it was with Jerry Brown and then some of the Mm -hmm. Obama stuff. Um, You had to have been very – I know, Paul, you were very involved in those issues, obviously. How does the board – how did you participate in that whole thing that's been going
1: on? Well, it comes back to that strategic plan, too, and we're we're involved in helping craft that strategic plan and putting the resources behind – the financial resources behind – different initiatives different departments different directives that that come into play that's a lot of it Um, the lead event for example that happens in washington dc now at every march um, that's a a program and an event that the board's very much involved in Um, but everything that comes off of that too at the staff level that working um, we've actually just beefed up that department and that that's largely um, based on prioritizing and, and and figuring out where to put we, we have limited resources, we, we, have, we have to say where to put them.
2: The only, the only budget I control is my travel budget. <laughs> These guys here mark the rest of it through the budget process, and they, they put their the dollars where they think they're most needed. And we just did a product safety summit last week in New Orleans that grew in size from 60 to 120 people in attendance, and you were just in D.C. on your own right. actually doing visits. So right. some of it's not even through the association. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, as a board member, you, just, you, you find yourself getting more involved um, for the good um, and more involved in, in those type of events and, and um, situations just because um, PPI facilitates a lot of it, but then all of a sudden you can bring that home to your, your regular business too. We're in Topeka, Kansas. We're in Washington, D.C. on our own as well as being involved with PPI.
0: Okay. Um, you know, I guess... You know, again, my main goal here with this conversation was to provide some transparency. So number one, I just want to thank you guys. I appreciate it. I think our, our listeners appreciate it that we can be somehow included. Now, not all of us has a vote. So if if we're not able to vote, what what can we do if well, I, we want to be involved? I'd
1: encourage you. I mean, our company is probably a good example. I'm, I don't have the vote. And I'm, I'm on the board, and I'll be the chairman of the board in two years. Um, so you can certainly be involved without having a vote. Um, having said that, um, I have involvement in the vote. Um, the person that has the vote at my company, my boss, involves myself with the voting process. So he asked my opinion and um, and, and he definitely um, definitely benefits from that too. but I, I just I think you need to um, number one, try to get involved in the vote. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm sure most organizations, the person that has the vote would appreciate that. Um, secondly, as far as getting involved, um, hop onto the PPI website, there's a tab for Volunteer Central. If you're not registered there, you should be. Okay. Um, you, can put, you can build a very quick profile, um, check a few boxes of levels of interest, whether it be finance or marketing or um, tech stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever interests you, um, and PPI will reach out to you and ask you um, to get involved. Um, at an action level at an action group level which is a um, could very well be a very short-term project-oriented um, commitment and um, or um, a longer commitment if, if you're so inclined but you can get involved very easily but the, the easiest way is volunteercentral.com right.
2: I, I would agree with that you don't have to be on the board to be involved in your association. We have over 300 active and engaged volunteers at all different levels people who are doing everything from serving on a two-week task force to Actually, Mark was generous, he'll be on the board for five years because he'll have a year as an immediate past chair as well. But, you know, a five-year commitment isn't real sexy to a 30-year-old. You know, hey, can you give me 15% of your no, life? Nor
1: is a three-year. I mean, I mean I, I, the, the PPI went through a reorganization a few years ago where um, we went from a lot of committees to some of these action groups, and it's very much project-oriented. So you, you even three-year commitment, we realize that is a long commitment for a lot of people in, in their world and their and their. In the work world so um, you can sign up for short-term projects that can make a real big difference and they we will call on you for that resource and um, it, it's real simple to do yep.
0: well i think that's about all that i have to ask is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation that people should hear
2: well i'll i'll just add in that, you know you don't even have to be a volunteer to be in, engaged with the association you take a guy like Bobby here, who's been silent through this whole thing, just sat on a panel last week with us at a leadership conference. It, it's not about, you know, volunteerism is isn't like the local volunteer. You're not picking up boxes and you're not, you know, doing that kind of work. You're you're lending us your intellect and your skill set because we do have such a varied industry. So if, if even if somebody's just interested in sitting on panels and contributing their their knowledge, we have we have an opportunity for that as well.
0: Okay. All right, guys, well, I thank you very much for your time. Again, you know, uh, for the uh, the Promo Kitchen community, we are building an online learning center, basically, and, and, and sharing, and I appreciate you being uh, candid with us. And also want to thank you for all you're doing for the uh, the organization and the members, especially you, Mark. You're volunteering constantly, it sounds like, it. and it's Thanks. it's pretty cool. All right, thank you guys well, thank for you. Uh, Promo Kitchen. This is Brad. Brad. We're out.
1: Thanks, Bobby.